Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick. And today we're going to be previewing the racing from Asker, from Haydock and a race at Wincanton going through the races that will be shown live on ITV on Saturday and delighted to be joined by the two Andys, often the highlight of my Thursday, Andrew Thornton and Andy Holding. Andy, coming to you first, Odds Checker's very own tipster and back in amongst the winners this week. It's been pretty good, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I could say I've thought about this um, long and hard many times in the past when I've gone through a little bit of a trot, and um, I haven't really done anything different. I wasn't doing anything different when I was in bad nick, and I've just changed. I've just stuck to the same strategies. And now I've turned the corner. Um, I think just psychology. You've had a few days off, and you think, oh yeah, that's the reason. But um, I, I'd be lying. I think if that was the cause, um, they've just started to win. I don't know. <laughs> that's as simple as that. They've just started to run well. They've started to win. Um, so, yeah, like most sports, I mean, who would have thought Liverpool would lose at home to, to you know, teams like West Brom and Burnley and then they're going to beat Leipzig and batter them in, in, a, in a Champions League game away from home. It's sport, isn't it? It's just like everything in the world, half the stuff is just uh, hard to put a finger on. Our good friend and our good foe variants often during the bad runs and during the good runs. Yep. Remember, it's probably going to go the other way fairly soon. Important to remember that. Uh, in betting and Andrew Thornton probably you know you're someone who from your days as a jockey could probably recall times where you know it wasn't punting but you weren't getting any any rubs of the green weren't getting any breaks and sometimes the winners all flying at the same time it all goes down to the trainers in been in form at the time of year you know we, we think did a thing with Kim Bailey the other night and we all think his horses have been absolutely flying mm-hmm. all the way through the season but until two for gold ran the other day I don't mm-hmm. think he'd had a winner since first flow. Yeah. But you, you, the thing is, you categorise the train has been in very good form. When they have the high-profile winners, you don't really notice so much the, what's happening during the week. You just think they're in very good form. Two for gold wins a £40,000 race. You think, God, they are absolutely flying those horses. But if you'd backed all the ones in between, it'd be the quickest way to the poorhouse. Yeah. And Harry Fry's had a bit of a quiet time. It's you know yards go with runs like that you know we, the Tizard yards had have had two winners are they flying now it's still debatable just because they've had two winners doesn't mean that everything is is running well so it's the time of year with horses that um, we all get coughs and colds in the winter months and some yards get them um, get get them sooner than others and some some get rid of them quicker than others so. Uh, yeah, the fine weather, the cold weather, the cold snap we've had from the, the, the racing point of view, I'd say it's been perfect because that's what kills the bugs. Interesting stuff. We're going to start with the racing at Ascot. So we're going to do four races, the 150 through to the 335. Then we'll move on to a couple of races at Haydock, the Rendlesham Hurdle, followed by the Grand National Trial. And then we're just going to take a, have a quick look at the Kingwell as well at Wing Canton. But starting with Ascot and starting with the 150, that'll be the first uh, race that is on uh, OTV come Saturday. And early prices, it's 25 past 11. So final decks are just in and therefore these prices are embryonic. So don't blame us if they've gone by the time you're getting on. But Severano for Oliver Sherwood is the two to one favourite. Fullback for Gary Moore, seven to two. Remastered, five to one. The Machine, five to one. Hurricane Harvey, five to one. Kaluki nine to one. Andy, over to you first. 
Yeah, just a couple of horses I like here. Um, one of them is the favourite. I think he's a bit short, shorter than I thought he was going to be. He'd been my number one choice, Severiano. Um, he was a bit disappointed last time out at Newbury. If you go back and watch that race, he made a bad mistake at the first. He just took off too soon, mm. landed uh, quite steeply at the other side and kind of jolted his confidence a little bit. And it took him just a little wee while to, to warm back into it. I thought he'd, he ran a Herculean race to finish as close as he did, considering the ground that he lost against uh, what was a very strong pace and a good field. Um, in that race was Dimachine. I thought Dimachine was the benchmark horse going into that race, having uh, won in a fast time and Ascot the time before. His Utoxida race had worked out really well. Uh, and I think if Severano would have beaten Dimachine um, on that occasion, had, like I say, Severano not made that um, little bit of a mistake at the first. He was good the time before at Exeter, going right-handed when... Although they took the fences out down the back straight, he was very strong in the latter stages of that contest. Oliver Sherwood, I think, has tinkered with the idea maybe running this lad at China, but I think this race is very much more in keeping with his profile at the moment. I don't think he's quite a grade one horse yet, uh, but he stays well. He does jump well. I, 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 I wouldn't put that run at, us, at Newbury down the other day as, as a bad jumping round. It was just because they had that one mistake early, which set him back. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've got this race between those two, Severino and Demachine. Demachine's a course and distance winner. Kerry Lee's also in good nick. He'll love the mud. And he's had a wind operation since he got uh, beat last time at uh, Newbury. Uh, so, yeah, those would be my two against the field, Severino and Demachine. Severino and Demachine for Andy. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's probably not. I think this is a good grade, too. You know that, you know, in the past, the, the, Reynolds, the, the uh, Reynolds Town hasn't been the best preparation for horses going to Cheltenham. And if you notice this year, this is this just stand on, on its own. They're, they're a grade below top level. But I've, I've always been a fan of Severano. I, I think the ground was probably a little bit, you know, he made that bad mistake at Newbury, like Andy said. And mm. he just, he, he took a long time to get the old confidence back. It's a horse I've always liked. Even in his novice hurdle days, he didn't win his in his first season novice hurdling, and it probably stood him in good stead because he then went the next season and won a couple of races. He's always looked an out and out chaser. He's eight pounds better off with the machine for for that those three lengths, and that was after what happened at the first fence. And um, I, I think it's a great opportunity. Oliver hasn't had too many runners in the last fortnight, just the four, so hasn't had a winner, and that's. The thing what we were alluding to earlier on about yards, you can't be you can't be out of form if you don't run them. <laughs> That's probably the best way of looking at it. I mean, um, it's, it, it's it's a pretty small. I mean, it's not the biggest operation anyway, is it? I mean, it's more quality than quantity for for Ollie. Yeah, I think obviously not as big as he was in the large action days and yeah. going back at that time. Yeah, and it's it's the time of year. We look how much racing have we had in the last fortnight? I think that's where you put your button on four runners. Well. Yeah, there's only probably been about four meetings. Mm. So I think you can you can possibly read too much of it. I think that fullback is very interesting. The yard, I think the yards had, had a, a real purple patch probably from when the jumpers bumpers started and it's continued. I think Josh and Jamie, Josh's confidence sky high a four-timer down at Linkfield there. From a jockey's perspective, he's back to where he was probably riding-wise three or four years ago, because he's been blighted by injury as well. He's got a lot of confidence. And um, I was quite impressed with that run last time out at, uh, at Exeter, the way he went through the race, travelled through the race. And I'm going to have him to 
to maybe get the better of Severana. Yes, Severana did make that mistake and, and warm back into it. But you still have at the back of your mind that he, he just, it's not the easiest start in the world at um, Ascot. And you have to, if you make one or two mistakes going down the hill first time, it could knock his confidence and you wouldn't want that to happen. So I think fullback is very progressive and he's going to be my angle. Interesting there. Fullback is the one for Andrew Severano and the machine for Andy. So a few options there. I'll leave it up to you guys who you think made the best case. Uh, I would like to say myself, uh, we like to stay friends on the Odds Checker betting show. Uh, on then to the 2.25, um, the Swindley Chase and Jerry's back and not a chance are the 11 to 2 joint favourites. Uh, Cobalobo is 7 to 1. Regal Encore 15 to 2. Captain Chaos for the Skeletons 8 to 1. Yaltari 17 to 2. Cap Course and Musical Slave both 9 to 1. New Tide and Hill 16 both 10 to 1. 16 to 1. And uh, sorry for both Cloudy Glen and Sub Lieutenant. Andy, come over to you for this one here. Yeah, a lot depends whether or not a chance uh, takes its chance um, <laughs> at uh, time of uh, time of um, recording. Um, he's also engaged in the the um, Haydock race, the two forty. Uh, so we don't know that information yet. A lot depend on the ground, I presume, close to the time. Uh, but presumably, he lines up here. Then obviously, he's got a great chance. One of his last two, really good at Warwick, stays well. I like him. He's got a good attitude. He jumps soundly. Um, he's gone well right-handed. He's, he's won at Exeter last season, so that's not a problem either. Um, I, I think if I was going from a, just pure reliability factor and having run this track quite a few times to a degree of <coughs> success, I'd probably go with Jerry's back. Um, you can set your clock by him around here. I mean, he's very similar to Regal Encore. He's he ships up here quite a few times. He's always seemed to run his race, uh, as he did on his seasonal appearance behind Dash or Drasher. I thought on that occasion that two-mile five was just a little bit too sharp for him. He's always been at his best with marathon trips. He actually ran really well beyond the Broy um, at, um, at the Cheltenham Festival, didn't he, um, last last season? So, oh, yes, or was it the year before? Yeah, it might have been the year mm. before. Um, so, yeah, he's very much a stamina-laden horse. The Hobbs team are in good nick. They've come back nicely in the last week or two. Um, Richard Johnson rode a couple of winners for him last weekend. So, I think all in all, on balance, he's probably the one I'd, I'd pin my... T- um, pin my um, hopes on if I was having a bet in this race. That, that, I must have it chases on a Saturday if I've got like a five or six races to choose from and I've got a bunch of hurdle races. I'd, I'd sooner go down a hurdle route because these very races we talked about before are very much getting into a good rhythm and, and you know, how the, how the race and how the pack sorts itself out in the early stage stages. And without information, it's always difficult to work out. Um, but yeah, Jerry's back will do for me. Dre's back at 11 to 2 there. Hill's the only bookie who are out, and they are a fifth the odds, four places, which could be the way to go in a race like this. Um, interesting there, Andrew, what Andy was saying about, you know, with, with chases, it's a bit harder to predict because it's the way that kind of the race pans out over the first couple of uh, fences. Is that something that you, you agree with? Yeah, which is, I guess the same for a lot of the races. I think with, with Ascot, it, it you know, the first three fences at First three fences over three miles are key because they're all downhill. And if you, you, know, you say if you miss the first one, you can get shuffled back. I mean, Regal Encore, <laughs> this is his backyard, isn't it? But I've just have, I'm looking back through his form in, the, in this race itself. I think he won it. He won it back in 2018. Um, but in the last couple of occasions, he's finished third in this this race off this kind of mark in a slightly smaller field. 
So whether it's just quite his time of year, um, you know, usually by this time, he's already won a, a three-mile race around here, so he's gone back up the weights. Mm. So it's not, not quite as easy for him. I'm sure it, I'm sure he'll run well, but I just don't think he'd be quite good enough to maybe win. Um, I like the look of uh, Yaltari for Venetia. He, for a 10-year-old, he hasn't had that, that much experience. He ran very well here in the Reynolds Town back in 2019, finishing third to Mr. Malarkey. Wasn't beaten too far. I thought he ran very well at the last meeting here at Ascot. Uh, he was only beaten five and a half lengths. Um, and I just thought that he ran well in that race. Hugh Nugent taking five off his back. Had a nice, Hugh had a, a, a decent winner yesterday. I thought it wouldn't do the horse's chances any harm. He's still relatively lightly raced. And for a 10-year-old, I still think he can improve. And this is the kind of race that he might excel at. For not a chance, it's very difficult backing up. I, I wouldn't surprise me if he headed to Haydock over an extended trip, but it's hard to back up after winning a classic chase mm. and horses running over those extended distances. It takes a lot out of them and it takes some time to recover. And Warwick was his gold cup and he's obviously a few pounds higher this time around. I like the way he goes through the race, um, but uh, I just thought that uh, Yaltari would, he's only got going to have 10 stone four on his back in here. And you know one thing, the ground isn't going to be an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yaltari, 17-2 to two with William Hill. For Venetia Williams, Hugh Nugent, the conditional takes the ride there in the 2.25. On then to the 3 o'clock, and we'll stick with you, Andrew. It is the handicap hurdle with Ari... Ari- Always bad at this one. Arrivederci. I mean, it's, it's a word that I, I've sung it so many times in World in Motion. I should really know it. Um, Arrivederci, six, six to one. Uh, Gladiator, Allen is seven to one. Pylon, 15 to two. Goodman, Pat, Albert's back. And Cateson, all 10 to one. Don Levant, uh, Shannon Bridge, Malaya, 11 to one. 14 to one bar. Andrew, straight back at you. Yeah, well, I'm going to, uh, I think, well, a lot of them take each other on again, don't they? You've got yeah. Ridecci, you've got Cateson, Don Levon. They finished second, third and fourth uh, back here on the 23rd of January behind Craig Nish of Nicky Henderson's, which was a very easy winner. Um, I'm surprised that Nick, I'm surprised with uh, Gladiator being quite a short in the market. Gladiator, Alain for Jim Williams. In the fact that this horse ran on the same day, as um, as the big handicap over that little bit further, mm. and it was the time was significantly slower. It's going to be a big ask in a big handicap. Now Andy might have a different view on it that he's lightly raced and he's coming in here with a a progressive profile. And I suppose you might say, well, that's the time to dip your toe in the big water in the in the deeper water. But you're against some real season types. Maybe not a top-class race, but there's some season types in it. I thought Cateson was, it was interesting, finishing third in that race. Um, again, another horse that's bred to love. The, the ground conditions couldn't be soft enough, basically, for Cateson. And from an each-way perspective going in here, has a decent profile. Form on heavy ground. I think it'll be a lot softer at Ascot at this meeting than it was at the last meeting. The last meeting, I would say, was... Good to soft, soft in places. There's a lot of rain around. And for me, Cateson will be better suited by the more testing conditions. And um, that's the way I'd be be looking. And hasn't moved an awful lot in the weights. 
He's got a, a nice weight to carry. But interesting, Mick East to be running Albert's back. Back. I had a. I was. I, I was on earlier yesterday. Yeah, I was on. <laughs> <laughs> you were well, not for very long. Brian, no. Brian Hughes was on for less time than you were. I know. I know. He shook himself down and got up, but obviously the horse has come out none the worse for that. But it'd be hard to go and back a horse after after taking a fall like that horse did yesterday. But um, as Andy said, I'd be interested to what what he thinks about Gladiator Gladiator Allen, been a five year old and only having three runs over hurdles and pitched in this handicap. But Kateson is my my each way angle. Kateson ten to one for Andrew. But let's go straight to Andy and he can answer your question, Andy. Gladiator Allen. Yeah, he's a horse that a lot of punters are going to be drawn to. Five-year-old, lightly raced in these kind of handicaps. They tend to go for the sexy ones or the, the ones that are, um, maybe have more to come. Um, but the day that he did um, win here at Ascot, as Andy's already alluded to, against uh, the comparisons with uh, Craig Niche, he was a good bit slower. As, uh, not only in the overall time, his overall time wasn't particularly good, but the sectional times from winning line to winning line were six seconds slower than the handicap. You'd half expect. A, a differential, but that's a big differential to to uh, bridge. You know, thirty lengths we're looking at. Um, so, with his inexperience uh, in this kind of race, uh, ringing at the back of my mind, I'd, I'd probably look towards those ones that ran in that uh, handicap um, a couple of hours early on the card. And Arriva Dirty probably is the, is the one I'd, I'd go for 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 obvious reasons. Really, he's, he's He's won, run around the track twice already. He found the two miles of the, the Betfair hurdle a little bit too sharp for him previously, but he was much better over two and a half miles next time when he beat Cateson and uh, Don Levant, of course, for repose. Um, neither could, all of them couldn't lay a candle on the winner, but I thought he kept on quite well. I read Dirch having watched the video back this morning. Um, no real reason why he wouldn't uphold the form. Obviously, ground slightly different, soft, heavy on Saturday, we're, we're presuming. So that could make a bit of a difference, but. Uh, Generally speaking, John Joe's horses are going through a really good patch at the moment. Um, he's got a big weekend, of course, with uh, soaring glory uh, in the, the the big race on Sunday at Newbury, which we'll get on to. But uh, hopefully, Reba Dirch will give them a good boost going into that race at the following day. Six to one there. So for Andrew, it's Kaysen, it's Kateson. Uh, for Andy, it's Ariva Dirchi. It's one on one. On then to the 3.35 at Ascot, the last race we're going to be covering at Ascot and surname. Is five to six favourite in this five runner affair. Uh, Master Tommy Tucker is 130 uh, and Dashiell Drasher 15 to two. Benny's King nine to one. Riders on the Storm 18 to one. And interesting to note here some disagreements with William Hill. I mean, as I say, these are early prices, so quite often we'll see um, discrepancies. And Dashiell Drasher 15 to two with Hills, 11 to two with, with Betfair Sportsbook. Master Tommy Tucker 130 with Sportsbook, nine to four with Hills. So a bit of disagreement. Who, I guess, are the, are the likeliest to take on surname here, Andy? Um, do we want to take on surname? And if we do, who have we got running for us? Uh, yeah, I think we. Someone like me would 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 always be looking to take on surname. You know, when you've got a horse who comes here off the back of a poor run, um, there's always got to be um, an, an angle in or, or an approach to suggest he could be vulnerable. Um, obviously, if he's back to his best, he's, 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 he's right up there. You know, he's, he's right up there with the very best. We know Ascot, he's absolutely banging his ballpark. Um, and, you know, he's one of the top-rated chasers in, in, the, in, the, in the country. But... He's obviously got his slight um, um, foibles as well. I mean, his, his last two runs haven't exactly, um, you know, set the world alight. Um, yeah, so at the, particularly at the price as well. Um, 
five to six. I mean, even if you go back and look at his Weatherby run, I mean, he, that that form looked all right at the time, but you know, virtually everything's got beat out of the race. Like I say, I, I definitely think he's taken a little bit of a dip. I don't think he's running anywhere near to the rate and he is at the moment, 172. I think he's almost been priced up on that, oh, I am a 172 horse, and you know, the bookmakers would look rather silly if they probably didn't um, go down the short price route. But the thing is, with this race as well, he's going to get taken on for, for the lady. This is definitely... A race that will unsettle him, I think, because you've got Dash or Drasher that only knows one way of running. You know, he's he's a mass mass front runner, mm-hmm. likes to stoke the cold from a long way out. Will try and obviously upset the rhythm of of Surname. That's of course if they decide to ride Surname from the front, they might well tuck him in and decide to like a lead because Master Tommy Tucker as well. Interesting from the same stable is in this race. It'd be lovely to know what the tactics might be. I remember going back to watch Political Oaks race. Uh, using him as an example in the Clarence House when everyone thought that uh, Duke de Geneva was going to make the running uh, for um, for Pilitologa and perhaps that could be a little bit of a joust for the lead there. But of course, Duke de Geneva dropped out right out the back door. So you never really know what the tactics are going to be unless you're privy to the stable uh, chit-chat. But if you're the owner of Master Tommy Tucker and he, he's a front runner that... You want you want to be playing to your own strengths, regardless of um, team tactics, and you've got another horse in the same yard uh, running in the race. So, I think Master Tommy Tucker will go up in front, along with Dasher Drasher, and um, it, like I say, it could just upset the rhythm of surname. The one I'm going to put up here is Benny's King. I think he's the one maybe to pick up the pieces here, based on the fact that he is going to be ridden quite chilly. Um, you know, Dan and Harry Skelton will have a plan here. They'll they won't be too far off the speed because he usually races within four or five lengths of the leader, but. He ran really well beyond Dash or Drasher trying to give him weight here last time out. This is a smaller field. Um, and, yeah, he, I think he's overpriced, Benny King. He absolutely loves Ascot. He doesn't mind the ground. The yard's absolutely buzzing. I think he's underestimated. So, um, yeah, I'd want to be against surname. I think there could be a bit of a pace collapse, and Benny King hopefully will pick him off. Benny's King, then the one that Andy is siding with there at nine to one. Um, and of course, you know, when you get down to five runners, suddenly that that quarter of the odds two places doesn't seem quite so stingy, especially with an odds on favour that we're happy to take on. So nine to one at the moment, Benny's King uh, with Betfair Sportsbook. And Andrew, I mean, Andy alluded to it there with Mr. T- with Master Tommy Tucker and Dashiell Drasher. You can be pretty sure that there will be a plan being formulated in order to try and unsettle surname. I mean, how would you anticipate they will look to do that and to expose, you know, what Andy is suggesting might be a pretty vulnerable odds-on favourite? I do, I do think that um, they'll ride the wrong races. Okay. End of story. Um, you know, I think surname he can go a little bit right-handed, but I would imagine Tommy Tucker will go the way he is. Dash or Drasher jumps a little, a touch left, but I think that Tommy Tucker could well be outside him and just go and. Stay out the way, but then you've got to also think about riders on the storm as well. Mm. You know, because he won. That's the hot, he won this race last year and really upset the apple cart. Um, but he won the race. But would he have won it if uh, Traffic Fluid had, had jumped the last? So that's the um, the slight. It, it's a fascinating race, a fascinating race. I just think that with surname running so badly last time out, I think Harry Cobden would freely admit. This is probably the worst ride he's given a horse. Mm. You know, in, in in the in the King George itself, he was stuck in the middle of the pack. The horse has never been stuck in the middle in his life. And he gave it a perfect ride around Weatherby. Daylight, loads of room, patient. 
he wrote it very patiently, but handy. Mm. I just think he's going to give the horse a, a clean ride round. I think the best policy would be to basically go and ride the race. Don't have too much. In a race like this, I don't think you can have too much of a plan. Just ride your horse and get it in, keep it in its comfort zone. There is only five runners and just pop out nice and handy and sit where you're comfortable. And I think that's where it, that's where it all went wrong in the King George. The horse wasn't popped out, and it just thing it didn't work out for Clander's oboe because he was stuck behind him. Mm. So, Surname's the best horse in the race. Um, I'm going to give him another opportunity. Would you be? He, he could. He'll probably be even money, wouldn't he, on the day? Andy, it wouldn't surprise I, you. This is I'd a be, horse. I'd be happy to lay him even money. Yeah, I mean, bookmakers, if they, if they. If they've got him in slightly odds on now, I'd, I'd be I'd be still willing to get lay even money because I've got four horses running for me here. And don't forget, he was disappointed in this race last year. I think he was four to eleven yeah. in this race last he year, was. and he was he was absolutely out on his feet. I actually don't think he's really recovered from that race against Altior. Um, well, even even after watching him at Weatherby, the way he went yeah. through that race, and you watched I right yeah. so well. I, I, yeah, because I, I mean that 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 was. I mean, he beat a fair of handicappers that day, in all fairness. I mean, look, you look what he beat. I mean, it wasn't a great race. Um, um, and as I say, the Lambas the, the are cheap pieces have gone on. It's just, yeah, I think I think this is man from heaven from a, from a lay's perspective. If you're a bookmaker here, you're thinking, yeah, I want to be taking this on. I, I, but I believe that the, that he pulled up in the King George is a bonus, as in the fact he didn't have a hard race. The For me, the race just didn't work out for him, and he was given... He was given a poor ride on that occasion. And Harry will freely admit that. It was just, it wasn't his finest hour. I, sure I'm going I'm to be with him. I'm going to be with him because he's taking on handicappers as in Benny's king. Um, I just think that I'd put a line through the last run and look at his Weatherby run. One of Andrew or Andy will have bragging rights come 20 to 4 on Saturday afternoon. Um, whether or not, I mean... My, and the only thing I'm going to ask you is, surely there's a bad ride and there's being pulled up. I mean, I can understand you know, if he was given a poor ride and then, and then an easy time out the back. But that was, I mean, as Andy's saying, it's hard to kind of make a case for surname still operating at the level that we've come to well, in the last kind of 18 months. Or so. I, I just thought he was given a, you know, the horse was in the middle of, he's an 18-hand horse. He was in the middle of the pack and he wasn't given an opportunity to jump to, mm. to see yeah, his yeah. I just think it was, it just wasn't, it just it wasn't his finest hour and i'll forgive i'd rather see a horse pulled up than whereas the year before he had a hard race in the king george and finished second yeah and I'd, as i would say really got to the bottom of him and the fact that it didn't work out and he was pulled up with three to jump it makes a big difference from a horse coming back from that run Interesting stuff there. Surname, the one still to side with for Andrew. Interesting to see what price he is on the day. We're going to move over to Haydock now, and we're going to be doing two races here, the 205 and the 240, starting with the Rendlesham hurdle. Um, and we'll get an idea of the form of Dashiell Drasher um, by the time he races in that, three, in that 335, because Itchy Feet heads the market here, who finished second behind Dashiell Drasher. Itchy Feet 5-2 to two here. On the blind side, 3-1. to one. Emma Tom nine to two, main fact six to one, Lisnagar Oscar eight to one, fourteen to one bar. Uh, so eight runners at the moment, nice little shape to it as it stands. Andy, who's the mm. one you're siding with? Well, it's your feet a, a, a tricky one to work out, isn't it? Obviously, he's been chasing. We all know that. 
um, to a, a fair degree of success. He, he hasn't won his last three starts, but perfectly respectable runs. He's unproven over the trip. I think that's the problem. Um, you know, three miles back over hurdles. Um, and he's three, his favourite. So, almost favourite on body fault a little bit. Um, mm. Emma Tom's definitely clumsy over his hurdles. Um, don't think he respects them very much. But he's very capable. He's won here before. He's had a winning dot since. Uh, we're going down the route of one um, great six other uh, very good uh, three three miler, aren't we? Who had a wind up and then went one went on to win the stays early. I know he's always thought the world of that. Em and Tom, Lizzie Nagar Oscar, he's had a wind operation since since we last saw him. Um, you know, world hurdle winner, and he's won at the track as well. So there's a lot of horses that have got to prove themselves that their um, their recent um, stint in the in the surgery on the surgery table has worked. Um, the one that is literally clean-winded here and has come comes here basically with, with nothing wrong with him, his third wind. He's got a bit of fun on the official figures, but I think he's a better horse than 146. Um, I don't know. Ascot just didn't, he didn't really go his way the other day, Ascot, when, when he ran in the in the, in the big grade one. He was certainly worth a shot in that because he's run here at Haydock the time before behind May. In fact, was very good. The pair of them were pulled well clear in a viciously run handicap, uh, but there's some good horses in that that day. It was almost like a listed grade three anyway. You know, I've had horses that have won out of it since Highland Hunter and, and Imperial Alcazar. So I've got no real reason to suggest that's not quality form. And I've got a sneaky feeling here a lot of these aren't really performing to a very, very high standard at the moment through one thing or another. Um, certainly respect on the blind side, who's gone through the season really well. Very game horse, tough, massively tough last time out at Market Razor when he, he had horses join him uh, and he's run really well either side uh, before that. So a real nasty race to work out. Pros and cons for a lot of them, but at the prices, that run of third wins here over the course and distance two runs ago when he had the ground in his favour and he'll have it again um, makes him a, or gives him a better better chance than his was it fourteen to one quotes you were giving me there? Paddies, yeah. Oh, that's that's just with the dead eight runners. That's just a mythical price. Mythical well, price there. It'll do for me. Yep, third wind each way. Third wind for Andy. 14 to 1. That's with Paddy Power. Hills go 11. So I agree with you that 14 is a bit too big. We'll see what price he is when all the other firms come out later this afternoon. Andrew? I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? There's so many horses coming back that didn't work out over fences for the itchy no, feet. No. Emma Tom on the blind side. On the blind side. I mean, Party I remember Andy, I remember back when on the blind side first went chasing and we had Mike Spence on the pod and he, I mean, he thought that on the blind side was an absolute superstar. Mm. and uh, never never came to pass. But it's amazing, though, that I thought his last win at Market Raisin, Nicky Henderson ran him after a week. That is just not Nicky Henderson style. Yep. And that just t- shows how he, he treats them as individuals. And mm. he was very tough against Lil Rockefeller, who was equally as tough. And they, they lo- neither lost anything in defeat. Um, I just worry the ground's going to be worse at Haydock than it was at Market Raisin. And I think it's very interesting that Gavin Sheehan has picked Emma Tom over Itchy Feet. Because bearing in mind, you know, the colours Itchy Feet, he, he, he's, 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 gone, he's gone over Itchy Feet here. And mm. I think it's more probably as much for the fact that you know that Emma Tom will... He has got, obviously, 11-8 and he's got the penalty the same as Liz Nagar Oscar. But you know that the horse will love heavy ground and he's won this race before... We finished behind Liz Nagar Oscar in a muddling race at Cheltenham last year where there wasn't there wasn't a gallop on. And um he's had the wind up. 
the fact that the ground conditions are, are going to be very, very testing and they're expecting over half an inch of rain between now and racing tells me that the ground up there is going to be, is going to be hard work. I thought, I thought he won the race well last year. Again, he, he's been chasing um, since then and it hasn't panned out for him. But he beat Donna's Diamond, who's in there, but he, he won well and he won on heavy ground and that's what it's going to be so i'm looking for a re repeat success from emma tom emma tom nine to two with paddy power uh looks to be the way to go for andrew on then to the second and final race we're going to be covering at haydock before moving over to wincanton and 240 is the grand national trial and not a chance seven to two uh on guard nine to two the two amigos five to one sojourn seven to one lord demensel 15 to two uh akil and potter's legend both 10 to one ramsey's to tie 12 to one perfect candidate 14 to one not not a chance that not a chance turns up at both andrew but um let's have a look at the market as it stands at the moment I think he's. I believe he's going to go here because Tom Cannon's jocked up for third wind in the previous race. Mm. I'd say this is more than likely his preferred preference, and and it would suggest that with the trip as well, three and a half miles. Um, Alan King's just obviously keeping his fingers crossed. He's gone up seven pounds. He didn't do an awful lot when he hit the front at Warwick, um, but as I say, that this race doesn't come that long after um, after that one. Uh, I won this with Mikko de Beauchene after he won a Welsh National, but that's when the Welsh National was in, obviously Christmas time, and the Warwick race. The Warwick race comes that little, you know, two weeks later. So that's my one worry for him. I thought that Dr. Richard Newland's horse with the, is going to have a featherweight on his back down the bottom, uh, 11, ten stone three on his back. Enquard, who won at Ascot last time out, he was running a big race here at Haydock as well just before Christmas when he unseated his rider um, when travelling pretty well at the time. He looks progressive. I think in conditions like this, he's got no weight on his, he's got no weight on his back to carry. I don't think the ground will be too much of a problem. And, um, and that would be my angle into the race. As I say, a progressive handicapper who's got lots of confidence coming up the, the ranks. You know, he's won two of his last three, and the fact that he unseated, it, it wasn't too much of a mistake. And mm. um, um, for, for me, he's at the right end of the handicap to be dipping your toe in a, a race like this. And my, my concern with not a chance is off the back of a three-and-a-half-mile race at Warwick. Interestingly, with only nine runners here, William Hill go uh, a fifth for four places at the moment as it stands. But on guard nine to two there for Andrew and, and not many savvier operators than Dr. Richard Newland as well. So nine to two there for on guard. Andy? I'm agreement with Andy with Encard. Um, he was going very, very well uh, when he unseated right. I think it was at the 13th, wasn't it? In that race, it was eventually won by uh, Sam's Adventure. And of course, Sue John was in that race as well. They fought out the finish. Uh, so on the basis that he would have probably won that day or gone close to winning had he stood on his feet. And then, of course, went to Ascot and vindicated the, that view next time out. I'd also agree with Andrew as well. Like these lightly raced younger horses in these handicap chases, a stat out there to suggest that they, they've got a massive advantage over the, their older counterparts in these um, in these big three-mile-plus handicaps. Uh, I think there's only been a few horses that have won um, sort of in the veteran stages of their career um, so far this season. So it's very much going that way. 
Uh, yeah, and I like Encard. I do like Dr. Newland as well uh, when he's got horses like this on the upgrade. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Well, the first time we've agreed, we're, we're both going with Encard. <laughs> Encard, 9-2, to two, as I say. It is blue on Odds Checker, so it's the one horse that in the time that we've been recording has been clipped in by a bookie, opened at 5-1, to one, into 9-2. to two. What price would it be when this goes live? Hopefully still 9-2. to two. Um, We rattled through the racing on Saturday. We've got one more to cover, and we're going over to Wincanton for the Kingwell where Song for Someone is 6-5 to favourite ahead of uh, Navajo Pass and Goshen, the horse that broke some hearts at Presby Park last March. They're both 3-1. to one. Friend or Foe, 8-1. to one. Esprit de Large, 16-1. to one. And Calgary Tiger, 300-1. to one. I mean, Andy, I'll, I'll hand over to you. I mean, I, it's, Goshen is, is obviously the, the impossible horse to price because yeah. there's, a, there's absolutely no way on, on current form of what we've seen in the last 11 months he should be anything like that price. But then you also know there's an absolute superstar in there somewhere. Yeah, the alarm bells are ringing for me with Goshen in the middle of the flat season when he was odds on to win a couple of handicaps off his old mark and he had soft ground the one day and he ran deplorably and thought, how can a horse that was going to win the triumphal by 20 lengths not be kicking this lot out of touch? I thought there's something not quite right there. And then, you know, he's, he's run last time out. God almighty, it, it was... It was embarrassingly bad, wasn't it, at Cheltenham mm. uh, when he was sent off six to four five in the race that some for someone won. So he's definitely on a recovery mission. If anyone can get it back, it's Gary Moore. You'd never say never, and you don't want to be writing these national horses off too soon. But you couldn't back him at the price anyway off the back of the, off his last run. Yeah. Some for someone. Um, now he's uh, probably facing his toughest task to date. Uh, but I love Song for someone. He's so tough, so brave, jumps slickly. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll really serve it up to this lot. Um, the ground's very much in his favour. Um, I think he's the right favourite, uh, despite Navajo Pass being in there. Was obviously on the Imperial Van Goshen as well. If the ground hadn't gone really heavy, I'd, I'd also give Friend or Foe a bit of a chance. Um, he's a horse that's. I think there's going to be a big pot coming his way sooner rather than later. But I'm not sure with the real heavy grounds what he wants. He's basically come from sort of good, good to firm, good to soft background. Although he's been handling the ground okay, I don't think he's really been massively in love with it. As he was, as he proved last time at Sandown, beyond guard your dreams. Um, but yeah, I think now that the Simmons horses had a winner the other day, we roll Claret. Hopefully, they've they've come back into form and song for someone can uh, make it a hat trick for the season. Song for someone six to five early price with William Hill for Andy Andrew. It's interesting, isn't it? But one one thing's for sure: Navajo Pass isn't going to get six lengths out the gate. I can <laughs> guarantee you that because some someone likes to be bounced out up there. Um, Goshen, he they've got to bounce him out. Um, so I'm I've 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 the opinion here that I thought friend or foe. I, I know Andy has concerns about the ground, but the horse is winning form round here. He'll be ridden to run well. The others, I'm sure, will get on with it. As I say, Navajo pass. He won at Haydock. He had a hard race in my book. He had a hard race to go and go and do what he did against Bouvoudair, and there, there was there wasn't any petrol left in the tank. Um, Goshen, I'm very much of the opinion that has he what he did at Cheltenham, did it hurt him in any way, shape, or form when he got his mm. behind foot stuck in his shoe, and he just hasn't seen the same horse. But Gary, his horses couldn't be in any better form. So he's going there and the ground conditions will be pitch perfect for him. But it is never easy for horses the first season out of their juvenile. We've seen it before that it isn't easy, but this is certainly his best chance. Song for someone, 
He's got the penalty. He's got an extra six pounds. Tom Simmons has had a winner, but they aren't sparkling like they were. But this horse, if he wins here, they'll be. I think they'll be heading. They'll be heading straight to eight <clears> in my book. That's where. That's where they'll be going next. So the fact he's got the penalty to give away six pounds, friend of foe, he's a winner round Wincanton, which I always thinks worth its weight in gold. Ground condition, yes, there will be interesting for him, but I think with one or two question marks about the others, he could be an each-way play in a six-runner race. Friend or foe there for Andrew at eight to one with William Hill. And that brings us to an end of our weekend or our Saturday preview, I should say. We're being treated to a bumper weekend of racing with Newbury's uh, meeting from last weekend rearranged for Sunday. And I'll be joined by Ed Quigley and Andy again tomorrow to preview that. So please do subscribe to the Odds Checker podcast in order to find that there or to our YouTube channel to find the videos there. Please do also download the Odds Checker app for the best prices, the best bookie offers, free bets, and the very best tipsters, including Andy himself. Enjoy the racing on Saturday. Do tune in for our show tomorrow, previewing Newbury on Sunday. Mm-hmm.